Now, see, it threw me for a second there. It was a little bit delayed. Welcome to the Noise Brigade podcast. I'm Bobby. He's Tom. Our little computerized friend uh, took a couple seconds to tell me that she was recording, so hopefully there's not a lot of dead air before this. Tom, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going great, man. You doing all right? Doing all right. Doing all right. Just remembering how to breathe again. Nah, right. it's, all, it's all good. It'll come back to you. It's, uh, yeah. it's not like it's a natural thing or anything. Uh, it's, it's like riding a bike, right? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you got to learn how to do it, right? Yeah. Well, I got to. What I got to do is I got to get some kind of sump pump, and I got to shove it down my throat and suck all the mucus and stuff out of my lungs, and then maybe air will be able to fit back in there. There you go. There you go. It's not a bad idea. Get all that lung. But, yeah, but you, you know you're on the mend, so uh, hopefully it'll uh, you know be a matter of time, and you're you're back uh, running marathons. Yeah, you know, because that's that's totally what I was doing before. Before oh, I, I was running mad marathons, dude. Just like I mean, I'm so I'm so aerodynamic. That's that's where my you know people think I'm fat. I'm not, man. I'm round, so it, so the air just goes around me. <laughs> so, well, um, we are not doing wrestling here. No, no, uh, no. I was at wrestling last night. Yeah, we're not doing that. We may make a couple of uh, references to it in our in our show. To today but i uh i threw a message at you and it's funny because over time if you've listened to, the, to some of our things here we've kind of uh obviously hinted that we both grew up in new jersey and i said you know let's just kind of throw uh, an episode together of just you know what it was like growing up in new jersey but more specifically south jersey and just kind of taking that trip down memory lane um so i thought that'd be kind of really you know kind of cool to talk about because we're both Obviously, many years removed out of the area as far as living there. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're taking this from the stance of both you and I grew up there in the 80s, into the 90s, and we both kind of relocated in, in that 2000s, you know, mid-2000s time frame. So, I don't know. What, do you, what, what did you think about that? Is this sound like something kind of cool for you to, to chat with me about? Yeah, man, fantastic idea. I mean, the, the big thing is, there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of, a lot of trash gets talked about Jersey. Um, even, you know, I moved down here in 2008 and I still consider Jersey home. I don't consider Florida home. I don't ever think that I'll consider Florida home. Um, there's, you know, there's just so much in that area that, you know, that's where my roots are. That's, that's where we, that's where we grew up, you know, that's, and, so that's always going to be home. Right. Uh, and, and I want to make, make this kind of preferences too. I don't, we're not going to sit here and, and do a, a show dumping on North Jersey either. Um, but we're, we're going to focus where we grew up. Uh, right. And, and there's a big difference. Yeah. Huge difference. And, and it's funny, it, it goes back to the age old North and South. And now I'm not talking like civil war North and South. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about just, just differences, you know, with, what's there, you know, geographically, what's there to do for entertainment, things of that nature. But then just, you know, even some of the subtle cultural differences of things that we would do because, you know, well, you know, as well as I did, we grew up in, it's funny, New Jersey, we grew up in farmland. Right. We're forests and farmland. And I know from Kingsway, from my high school, when we were in the parking lot in the morning or, or out on the fields in the morning during gym class, I could see the Philly skyline from where we were even though we're in the middle of it, I think it was like a peach at orchard next to us. You Which know? is, that's, that's one thing I always say, you know, 
people always ask me, you know, I, you know, I live in Kentucky now and I have for, you know, really 15 years solid, you know, I, I kind of made my exit in 2006 and, uh, you know, it's, Oh yeah. What was it like? You know, you know, of course the instant thing is like, Oh, how, how close are you to New York? And so like, ah, I was an hour and a half, you know, which really is funny because it's, if you're up there, that's kind of far. Right. But thinking about it down, you know, being down here, you're like, Oh wow, it's super close. But like you said, yeah, stone throw to Philly. We were, you know, 20 miles away. And right. so I think that's the other thing too, you know, speaking of like perspectively, I think this is kind of a, a neat thing to talk about too. Your sports fandom comes up geographically generally, you know. We, yeah, we, unless, we, you're, we, unless you're one of those weasel fans that, that roots for like the Yankees, the Cowboys, the Lakers, and the Penguins. Yeah, yeah. So – our area, though, for the most part, I'm not going to say everybody because you're right. You do have Cowboys fans and, you know, some random things that happen maybe because some relative was, you know, a, the fan of like the Montreal Canadiens or something. Whatever, right, right, you know, right. you have those random things that go on. But for us, it was always about the most passionate fan base in all of sports. And we were 20 miles out, out from it, you know, Philadelphia. Right. And so growing up, obviously, I know I was huge Phillies fan, Eagles, you know, Flyers, Sixers, everything. To you, what did that mean as far as being able to be part of, and there's no argument to be had, this is the most passionate fan base. What did that yes. feel like for you? It was... It, it, see now, I, I, I've got to I've got to put it into two different ways. So, as a kid, it was great. My teams were the best. You couldn't tell me otherwise. I listened to WIP Sports Talk Radio. You know, I was completely fully immersed in all four of my teams. I had a Sixers backpack. I would wear a Flyers shirt or a Flyers jersey, a Phillies hat, and an Eagles jacket. You know, I had I had a jersey of every team. Um, with the exception of the Sixers. I, I asked for a Sixers jersey for multiple years. I wanted a Clarence Weatherspoon jersey. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad, in hindsight, glad I didn't have a Clarence Weatherspoon jersey, but but I really wanted one. Um, and, you know, just being immersed in it and, and knowing my teams. Do my te- and and let's, let's be honest here. With the exception of the 93 Phillies, our teams sucked. Growing. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly, I was so glad you hit that because that's exactly where my mind was going. This is why like people from South Jersey that are huge Philly uh, sports teams fans, you know, they get it. They get the passion level because of exactly what you just said, especially people that are around our age. And I'm, I'm talking about prior to the Phillies winning the world series in 08. Right. During that time in the, you know, that late 80s into the 90s time frame. Yeah, right. That's all we had to really root for was that 93 Phillies team, which, and, you know, and, prop until the day I die, that's my favorite Phillies team. Well, Simple and, as that. And the thing too, I mean, even if you look at the, if you look at the Eagles, right? All right, well, well, let's go. All right. So at the beginning of the 80s, you had the Phillies and the Sixers both winning their respective championships. You had the Phillies winning in 80. The Sixers won in 83. The Phillies went back to the World Series in 83, and they lost to the uh, Orioles. So in then the Flyers had a couple of deep playoff runs. I think 80, 
87, 88 was when they went to the cup finals and lost. Um, and then they entered into like a dormant period and the Phillies were in a dormant period. But meanwhile, the, the Eagles under Buddy Ryan had amassed this killer defense. Oh, and yes. We had Reggie White, Seth Joyner, Clyde Simmons, Jerome Brown, uh, Byron Evans, Wes Hopkins, Andre, J- Andre Waters, uh, Eric Allen, you know, Wes Hopkins, if I didn't say him. We had this, this killer defense, Mike Golick. Um, and we had not really a seller offense, but we had Randall Cunningham, QB Eagles. Um, and, and he was not exactly surrounded with weapons. I mean, we had Calvin Williams, uh, Freddie Barnett, Fred Barnett yeah. Keith Byers, um, Keith Jackson for Keith a couple of Jackson. Years. Yeah. Um, and, and as, as bad as the offense was, Randall was able to make it into something dynamic and we had some, we had a few years there where it looked like it was going to be our year. And sadly, everything fell apart. And then we ended up, um, Norman Brayman, who was their, their skin flint owner, uh, ended up just dis- dismantling and destroying the team, starting with Buddy Ryan, letting him go and letting Rich Kotite, who is one of the <laughs> dumbest MFers to ever put on a headset. Um, it's, he let him become the head coach and that just completely destroyed our team. Um, and then he let the team dismantle itself when free agency started by not re-signing Reggie White, by not re-signing, you know, uh, Seth, Seth Joyner, Clyde Simmons, all these guys, just letting them walk. Um, so we had this period and I feel like the period where the Phillies in 93 was the pinnacle of at least our youth for Philly sports that we can really remember because I was, I was, I think 18 days old or, or, or maybe two weeks old when the Phillies won the world series in 80, I was yeah, three years yeah, old. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was three years old when the Sixers won. Now I know from my family telling me, or, you know, my parents telling me stories that I used to love watching the Sixers when I was little. And I used to mimic the announcer when he would say, you know, um, Andrew, Tony, and I would say that. And I loved Dr. J. Um, but I, I don't really, I don't have any memories of that. You know, I don't have any memories of a lot of what went on up until I remember Mike Schmidt retiring. Right. I remember right. so mad before school. I, I took my Mike Schmidt plaque off my wall and put it in the trash can. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like those, I don't have really good memories of the Phillies until you know, aside from going to games with my dad until the 93 season. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'll no, say this, I, I'm not, not saying that I'm some genius, but they swept the, the Astros in the, the opening series of that season. And I called it right then and there. I said, we're going to the world series. Yeah. That's it, fact. And it was a, uh, it was, it was a special time. It's funny. You said a couple things there. I'll go back to, uh, you mentioned uh, Reggie White. And that's why I wanted to kind of do this because it takes a trip down every lane just by certain names and certain, you know, places and things that you hear. And I think I've told you this before, but Reggie White actually sent his kids to Lambs Road. Yes. Um, which is, I went to school there from fourth until I was a senior and graduated there. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, it was cool because, and I believe I was probably, I probably just started there. I was in the fourth grade and I remember this giant of a man um, dropping his kids. He'd come in and he'd, He'd drop him off. It wasn't like he was, you know, had 
you know, someone do it for him. It was him. And um, so he, he'd come in and uh, drop him off and, you know, always very super nice to everyone that he saw. And, but being a kid, you know, it's like, yeah, you know who he is, but it's like, eh, you know, just another one of the parents. And, you know, the, the uh, funny thing was we had an assembly and uh, he spoke at it um, because he got the, you know, obviously his nickname was the minister of defense. Um, so he had, you know, obviously the, um, you know, real, real, real big ties to obviously the, the Christian faith. And that's, that's how he came in to do assembly with us. But he brought in Eric Allen to do, to do the assembly with him, which I thought oh, was really cool. Dude. So after Reggie left, that was who, that was who my favorite player was when the Eagles at the time I was playing football and I was, I was a defensive back. I would rotate between defensive end and defensive back on defense. And I loved Eric Allen. He, I wanted an Eric Allen Jersey. Um, and then what happened, what ended up happening was uh, in 93 was the same year. I believe it was 93 was the same year that Charlie Garner made his debut. And right before my birthday, he had that massive game against the Niners where it was mm-hmm. like the first game he played and he rushed for like 150 yards or something like that. And so I had the choice. My parents said, all right, for your birthday, you get to get, you get to get a football Jersey. And at first I had set a Reggie white Jersey and I wanted a green Bay Reggie white Jersey, which I couldn't, you know, but I didn't pull the trigger on it because I couldn't turn my back on the Eagles. So then I was like, all right, Eric Allen, I want an Eric Allen Jersey. And then Charlie Garner had that game. And I was like, nope, I want a Charlie Garner jersey. So I ended up getting uh I ended up getting a Charlie Garner jersey. I, I should have gone with Eric Allen because that one I could still wear to this day. But uh but for for a brief shining moment, Charlie Garner number 25, which he then the next season turned to number 30, uh had stolen his thunder. Yeah, it's uh it's super cool to like um you know kind of think about and reminisce on those uh, certain players and um you know so like that that whenever you said reggie white that triggered that memory of eric allen and but in the same time frame though you know you, we talked about the 93 fills and uh we took a um you know which was funny because at the 91 92 for a couple of years there the there's more 91 um 9091 excuse me the, my dad, the company that worked for, they had a uh, box seats at the vet. Oh. And uh, so we went like quite a bit. And of course it wasn't like the, during the 93 season, but right. uh, I, I kind of got an idea of like where the players would come in and out of and get a bunch of autographs and just, you know, whatever. But I never really got anybody that was, you know, too great that way. But I did um, know where to go in, in 93 and I remember um, waiting after the game um, where the players like entrance exit was, and I got uh, my hat signed by Jim Eisenreich. Nice. Which, yeah, which I always thought was cool because I, he was always one of my, you know, especially from that point and now, you know, knowing what he had to contend with to become a ball player, you know, with his Tourette's and all that, and really, you know, putting it together to become a, you know, just a solid hitter for years. Um, I always thought that was cool, you know, so I was, and I was like 11, you know, so yeah. I thought the world of, of that guy, um, and Kevin Stocker also saw my hat. Too, oh, which, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, 
which he was cool for the 93 team, but yeah, not much else. But <laughs> Dude, what's funny, it's funny you mentioned uh, Jim Eisenreich. I actually I have a, a signed Jim Eisenreich card where I, I was at a game and I was able to get him to sign the card. No kidding, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I have um, I have several cards uh, that I, you know, I used to bring my, I had a little card book and I used to bring it to the game in case I got to, to see any of you guys. And I, he was one of the guys I got to sign it. And then what was cool was my uncle had a card or my uncle, I'm pretty sure he still has the card dealership, um, but he used to have players come in from the Eagles and, and the Phillies all the time. And so whenever he would get players in, he would say, Hey, this is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to have. Can you, you, do you want me to get anything signed? So there were times like I got um, Clyde Simmons to sign some cards. I got, I met Andre Waters and had him, um, he signed a couple football cards for me and a, and a program and stuff and talked with me. He was super cool. Tommy green. Um, I got to meet him and I got some, I got a couple baseballs signed and some cards and uh, he actually got me Scott Rowland's autograph. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I have on a baseball, I have, it's like, I think it, I think I have Scott Rowland and Oh God, I want to say like Doug Glanville and like a like a bunch of players that signed it because I kept on giving them the same baseball and I had them sign, I had all these players sign it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because you end up with like it's like, oh I've got a rolling ball and um, I'm glad like a Glanville too, but then you always have like that random guy yeah. that like ruins it. Like I have a Jimmy Rollins one, like that I met him like I was at a, actually in Florida, it was in Clearwater, and got him to sign it, and then of course Travis Lee signed it too. Oh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. All right, so true story. Now we're we're fast forwarding a little bit here, but um, when Chase Utley was, I think he was a rookie. Um, I was down here for spring training. I was down here in Fort Myers for spring training to see at see them play at the Twins, and I got him to sign a baseball. And um, somebody we we mutually know, and I'm not going to drop a name because I'm not trying to to put them on blast, but they were a huge, huge Chase Utley fan. And I thought I was getting good with them by giving them that Chase Utley ball. And it had multiple other signatures, but it, but it, the main one was Chase Utley. Mm. Still to this day, pissed off that I gave them that. that ball. Yeah. Ball. yeah. All right. So we've, uh, we've kind of, uh, you know, set the stage on you know obviously the sports side of it that's where oh we're wait one, before we go any further on the sports side be remiss if we didn't mention the 96 97 flyers mm, true 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 so stanley cup finals got swept by the by the red wings unfortunately that was when they had their their russian team um but another team that through the 90s i ended up amassing a giant stack of signed stuff from i have looking across my room right now i have a signed game used stick from Kevin Deneen. Um, nice. I have a, well, I don't have it. I'm packing things, so I don't have everything out anymore, but I have a like three or four cards signed by Eric Lindros. Um, I have a couple cards signed by John LeClaire. I have Michael Renberg, Ron Hextall, uh, Brian Prop. I have a, an eight by 10 side by signed by uh, Dave Brown, who, if you don't know, was one of their enforcers. Um, and I have a I have a puck signed by John Claire too. So I've got a ton of flyer stuff because my dad was friends with someone who had season tickets and who used to go into the locker room all the time. 
Oh, nice. Sweet. So I, I got all this awesome crap from them. Like, uh, not crap, but you know what I mean. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. You get these cool, yeah, you get the, uh, this cool memorabilia that you can right. collect. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, I tend to forget even half the stuff I have. And, you know, um, uh, I won't even get into the Philly stuff, you know, all about that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but let's um, let's kind of pivot here. Um, so we, we, you know, did our kind of talked about obviously our fandom here with different sports, but you know, it's like, what do you do whenever you, you know, obviously you're that close to a major city. Um, you know, how do you entertain yourself? And it, it's always funny because it, you know, things don't really change too much over time. Um, you know, as far as like. Uh, you know, hey, I went here, I went there. But one of the things for us to like that we did from the time we were kids, and as a source of entertainment, as a source to get away to to what you you know would do now is go to the shore, right? Uh, so, so what, what were your hot spots? Where did you go when you were a kid, and like where did you uh, where where would you still go now? So Ocean City was where my family always went. My grandparents had a house down there, so we would go every summer at least once, but we would typically go down a couple times. Um, we'd go to Virginia Beach, but that was, you know, whatever. Um, but we'd go to, we'd go to Ocean City. Um, my mom was a huge fan of Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. So, but not for the, not for the shore, uh, not for the beach. We would go, you know, she would go down to the casinos and, yeah, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, she would take me down and, and I'd go play in the, in the arcades or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, and then as I got older, you know, we'd, we'd go to Sea Isle, um, Cape May, you know, I'd go with, uh, Jamie Lynn and Megan and, and all of them, um, down to Cape May, we make our way up to Wildwood. So kind of pretty much. And then when I would go, you know, with the Barneys, we would go to Brigantine and then we, we take their catamarans out. So pretty much anywhere from Brigantine all the way down to Cape May, I, I was there. Um, I didn't, I never really went to, um, you know, the places north of Brigantine. Right. Uh, right. Seaside and all that stuff. Um, so have you, now, did you ever go there at all? No. Seaside, I, like Seaside Heights, for example? No, it's never, never went to Seaside Heights. Um, no, I, I went to Red Bank once to, again to pick somebody up. And then I went there to go to Jane Silent Bob's secret stash. But mm-hmm. aside from that, no, man, I went, I, I was pretty much just Brigantine and south of Brigantine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. I'm like you, uh, a lot of time in ocean city. Um, you know, uh, but my, it was funny. My mom always liked to, to, to go different spots. So uh, she loved sea isle. That was her, probably her favorite oh, yeah. of the shore towns. Um, uh, but you know, we, we would occasionally hit wildwood or wildwood crest, you know, that just was, you know, part of the deal. Um, but every once in a while we would, would go up to seaside Heights. And, uh, so I, I went there three or four times, um, always with my parents. It's just one of the, my mom's spots. Um, I re- I vaguely recall going up to like Asbury Park area um, once. Um, now for what I don't know, um, but you know we were up there. But generally speaking, yeah, same with you, um, because I you know done some fishing at Brigantine a couple times. Um, Atlantic City, my mom would go there. You know, obviously same same deal. Dad and I would kind of hang out <laughs> while she was dumping money in slots or whatever, but. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. That was just, you know, something to do, like I said, entertainment and then, um, going down to Cape May or that area. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of hit the thing. And 
And I think that's the one thing, you know, uh, particularly about Ocean City, I think, because it's so family friendly and, you know, you have a lot to do. Right. And it's, the beaches are nice. Um, you know, the, the, the boardwalk is, you know, second to none. Uh, you know, I, and I know you and you and I are, you know, old enough to, you know, speak for hours and hours and hours about the different things we did just there. But, um, but like grabbing a tub of like Johnson's popcorn, it's fresh yeah. out of the, I mean, and just walking out of the boardwalk and eating on that. These things that like, we're getting so specific that if someone was like, no idea in New Jersey, you know, they would just think, oh yeah, you just go down for, you know, to, to shop and whatnot. Well, you could do everything. Right. You know, find places or, to eat and snack and game and play and swim, you know. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like people people give Jersey a bad rap, but you know, the shore is more than than what you saw on the Jersey Shore show. And that's one of the reasons I hated that show. Yeah. You know, yeah. I watched maybe one or two episodes because again, you know, maybe at the behest of a female friend. Um and but I just couldn't I couldn't stand the portrayal that we got out of that because that's not what the shore is. The show no, and most of those people were from New York, weren't they? Yeah, New York and Connecticut and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just it drove me crazy. You know, it, it's you know, where we live where I live now, you know, is very it's very um nomadic place. You know, you have people from all over the place. Everybody's a transplant. And what you, what you don't get is a mix of different foods and cultures and stuff. It's just, it's bland. It's by the numbers. You get a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a lot of chain restaurants, a lot of that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. You know, in Jersey, you go and you get mom and pop stuff, man. And you get good food. You get quality food. Core Brothers ice cream. Ah, yes. There you go. That's a good it's, one. A, it's a stupid little thing. But you know what? I'll take Core Brothers ice cream over any of this, any of the stuff that I can get anywhere else. All right. Right. Bessel's Corner in Ocean City. I'll take their ice cream. Now, I will say, I do have to give a shout out to Zarelli's down here. You know, they're a mom and pop ice cream and water ice place. So they're they're exempt from my rant here. Um, you know, Matt and Barbara are awesome. They make all their stuff in, in house. Yes, but, I concur. I concur. You took us there and it is awesome. Yes. Um, but that's but that's it down here. It's very few and far between. Up there, every other corner is something you can get something unique. You can get something that, that people are actually putting their putting their own stamp on. You don't have to say, all right, guys, we're going to get pizza tonight. Is it going to be Domino's, Papa John's, or is it going to be Pizza Hut? No, you can go to good places. You can go. And I know this is going to be this is going to be a a divisive answer, but you can go to Mac and well, it's not Mac and Mangoes anymore. It's Mango and Mangoes, you know, Mm -hmm. or or any number of the places down on the boardwalk, good pizza or any number of the places just in the community, get good pizza, you know, get a good an actual freaking cheese steak. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say this is a good segue into what I wanted to kind of think about next year. Is like, yeah, go ahead. Like, you know, the, the the different foods. Like, and you've already gone into some of it there, but exactly what you just said, like the cheese steaks and you know the, the things that you know you're not really finding a good quality one down by you, are you? 
uh, deal. All right. So I, I guess I'm going to give another, another free plug. Um, there's a food truck down here and it's called double D's munchies. And it's actually owned by a girl who grew up back home and she and her uncle moved down here and they opened a food truck and they sell cheesesteaks out of it. Outstanding. Cheese. Really? Outstanding. Um, wow. And I, you know, I went and got one from them uh, a couple weeks ago and I've been waiting for them to come back somewhere when I'm still awake. Cause you know, I'm on my, my night schedule um, when I'm still awake somewhere close by so I can go grab one. I wish, you know, I wish, I hope that things clear up quickly as far as with all these variants and crap so that they could possibly open a restaurant because if they opened a, a cheesesteak joint down here, dude, I would be, I'd be fatter than I already am. <laughs> no, that's, that's how oh, that's good to hear. Do you know, it's funny. So by, by me here, there's, you know, places that sell them, but I, I'm such a snob with it that I don't even consider it a cheesesteak. Uh, it's just like a sandwich with meat and cheese on it right down here. Um, but I, I found a place in Indianapolis called Hoagies and Hops. And they actually ship their bread in um, from Licio's, um, in which the Licio's has this giant factory down Clayton. Okay. And yeah, they ship it in. And the, the, the lady that owns it is, is from Philadelphia. Okay. And, and I'm like, as I happen, I, I happened to stumble in there and was like, you know, um, this was two, about four years ago, I think. They they were had just opened or right close to it, and yeah, it was spot on. Like she did it, you know. It's like the first time I actually had an authentic cheesesteak outside of Philadelphia or the Philadelphia South Jersey area. Nice. See, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, these people they throw out there. Oh, Philly cheesesteak? No, man. No, you're wrong. Like even the, all right. So there's two other places down here, and they're not they're not the best, but they're passable if I'm really really wanting one. There's um. Well, there's three, but one of them I don't go to. So there's Jersey Mike's, which they make a decent cheesesteak, but they're expensive. And then there's, um, uh, what is the other place? Oh, there's Lenny's Grill. Um, and th they make they make decent cheesesteaks. There's another place. It's called Philly Junction. And they make cheesesteaks, but they make them the Pats and Geno's way. Mm. So they're one that I don't, I don't really go to that often. I go there to get um, Pennsylvania Dutch Birch Beer. Oh, nice. You can get that locally here. But just like if you order it online, the Pennsylvania Dutch Birch Beer, it's like 12 bucks for a six-pack here. It's, mm. The pricing is, eh, you know. A little, yeah, a little out there. So, but it's, um, you know, that's that's one of the things. You know, South Jersey, Philly, you can get, get these, like you said, man, the food. The mom-and-pop places, the little Italian bakeries where you can get the cookies. Even something that simple, like those those little cookies. Oh my god, I would kill to be able to get that stuff down here. Yeah, that you know, it's funny. It, it, those those little things, and I actually thought about this um, earlier this week. Actually, you know, my mom had worked at the GCIT or at you know Gloucester County Institute of Technology, yeah. and they they had the um, uh, culinary arts program. And it, prior to it being Institute of Technology, it was just a regular traditional vocational school. And I remember as a kid getting um, donuts, you know, there because that is, you know, a bunch of students making them. And, you know, that was a great thing was they had to test that on somebody. <laughs> so, 
you know, I usually end up with like fresh donuts all the time, you know, and they were always really good because they were using like maybe like legitimate equipment at the time and techniques and just different things that, you know, yeah, I, I'm not, not going to say like, Hey, I've had good pastries and good donuts from other places everywhere, you know, right? but there's something special about, you know, certain things. That's why I was going to go back to the cheesesteak thing. The, the one thing to me that will always make it always, always, always is the roll. And, you know, meat aside, yeah, you can talk about the different cuts of meat and make sure it's not too fatty. And, you know, you know what kind of cheese are you cheese whiz or you whatever? I don't want to get into that. Right. I'm just talking about the roll itself. And the reason why they're so different up there is because they're using those same Italian, you know, those ovens that are, you know, generations old now. Right. And, you know, that's it. You don't see that anywhere else, maybe outside of Italy. Right. <laughs> um, no, they're not taking the, the silicone molds like friggin' Subway and throwing it in, you know, in, in what's a glorified microwave. Exactly. And those, those little nuanced things that we grew up with that, yeah, we were taking it for granted at the time, yes. But, you know, um, and it's funny, I was going to mention this too, you know, just talking about like going in and out of convenience stores and a lot of people like, you know, 7-Eleven, it's very typical, whatever. But for us, obviously, Swawa. Yeah, and which thank you, God we have them. Yeah, you've got it now down there. Um, but the one, the other things too is like I, I think about you know places all the time, like you know even Heritage is you know which is yeah. how, how how regionalized is localized up there is that. You know, yeah, I went to school with with the with the owner's kids. Oh, did you really? No yeah, kidding. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, man. That, that's see, Heritage was great too, and that's. That was always the 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 battle up there was who had the better the better breakfast sandwich. Was it a sizzly or was it a hairy egg? Oh, hairy egg all day long. Right. And, all day long. You know, and I used to go um, to the one that was on uh, Woodbury Glassboro Road the, or, or on uh, Delcy Drive, depending upon how you want to say it, um, that was right outside of Pittman. And I would get the roast beef. They would have the hot roast beef sitting there. Mm. Um, grab them um just for a quick thing and when i lived in woodbury when i lived with my mom um right down the street there was a heritage's and if I, and what i would do is halftime at eagles games my ritual was i would run down the heritage's grab some food and grab some snacks and then come back and watch the second half that was my and i you know i'd always grab some some twizzler pulling peels some kit kats and then whatever you know whatever else i was craving at the time and i'd go back to the house and finish watching the game Wait, even think about this too. So as great as it as it is that Wawa here, and and you got to taste that when you were when you were down visiting. How how much do you miss the soft pretzels that the dudes would sell under the bridges in Philly? Oh, I know. Out of I their know. soft parts. Yeah, I think that's what got our immune system so good for a while. Right. <laughs> like I don't I don't care, man. I don't care where the guy was peeing. I don't care. I don't care to know how he was washing his hands after. All I know is those damn pretzels were delicious. Uh, yeah, legit, you know. Right. And um, yeah, the ones uh, Wawa has are, are still pretty darn good. Yeah, they're good, um, but, they're, but they're not guy under an overpass selling them out of a shopping cart good. No, no, no. You, 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 that's hard. That's hard to replicate. Yeah. Um, like well, maybe not that hard, but probably <laughs> probably would you know get in trouble with like the health department or something. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the FDA might have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. But um, all right, so we've done you know a little bit of sports here and just kind of talking about you know time at the shore and you know some food items here. But you know, really, you know, realistically, I do want to get into what you know kind of a, a little bit of a, uh, I guess more of a what people actually think. So like now that you've moved out of the area and you say, oh, hey, I'm from New Jersey. What are the people's reactions to you? Like whenever they say that to you, like what do they, what do they actually think about the area? Well, they, first of all, they're surprised that I'm a Philly fan because they all think that New Jersey is just the surrounding New York area. Right. That's what everybody's led to believe. Um, they think that it's disgusting. They think that it's all just, you know, city and smog and this and that. Um, they think that Wawa is just a gas station. And so I have to educate them on that. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they don't know anything about 24 hour diners. Um, they think that again, it, it's basically the misconception is that New Jersey is part of New York, which couldn't be further from the truth. North Jersey. Yes. North mm-hmm. Jersey is essentially part of New York. South Jersey is essentially part of Philly. And while it is that, we also both are fiercely protective of New Jersey itself. We can talk poorly about it, but nobody else can. If you're not from there, you better not say a bad word about it. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I'll see, you know, I'm people always, the other thing that they always say to me is because I, and you know this, and I don't think I've made it any kind of secret on here. If I had my choice, if I was, if I was free and clear of all, you know, um, responsibilities and and whatever, or if I was just completely independently wealthy and could afford to go back and forth and do what I wanted, I'd be in Jersey right now. Right. And it's not even, it's not even quite, the only question is, okay, would I have two places in Jersey or would I have a place in Jersey and a place in South Philly? Um, You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what it is. And it's where, where in South Jersey would I live? Would I live down at the shore? Would I live, you know, over in Woodbury? Would I live somewhere in Mulca Hill? Um, but, but that's what it is. And everybody's shocked that I miss it and that I want to go back and that I'd like it so much. Um, you know, uh, again, it, there's just something about it. You know, first of all, you have the seasons. All right. So I miss fall. I miss. Yeah. You haven't had one in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I, miss, I miss winter as, as crazy as that sounds to so many people who have been dealing with snow and stuff. I would rather deal with snow a hundred thousand times and deal with this heat where you can't go outside or where you're friggin you got hurricanes coming where you got you know tropical storms i'd rather deal with a nor'easter um you know it, it's just one of those things where it, my personal preference i would prefer not to have summer year-round but i'm a weirdo so what can i say i like spooky season i like halloween i like you know all that stuff and what people don't get too is you know when we grew up there, and I, I'm, I'm sure the curriculum was was the same across the entire state. You guys had a class. I think it was in like fourth grade. We had to do the history of New Jersey, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So learning all that history and seeing how it ties into American history and how it's pretty much one and the same. Where the birth of our nation was the same. You know that history is the history of New Jersey, and vice versa. Yeah. And growing up and driving over to Philly 
and seeing the Liberty Bell, seeing Independence Hall, seeing where, you know, the cradle of liberty. It's it's hokey. It's this. It's that. But going to going and seeing that stuff and going to Red Bank Battlefield, you know, and knowing this is where, you know, this is where the country was born. This is where people made the ultimate sacrifice to birth this nation. And there's something about that. And there's right. something no, yeah. around that and growing up with that history. And it, it's something that'll never leave me. And I love it. And I, yeah. if I could be around it all the time, I would. The uh, thing you said there was really, really kind of interesting because Daniel and I talk about it all the time. Um, you know, when we were kids and being able to do field trips in school, um, you know, going to Independence Hall and go to the Liberty Bell and go into that whole area um, where they just, you know, even to something as simple as looking at like the old brick cobblestone streets in that, you know, and, and just the sheer amount of things that are in your backyard, basically. And that, I think that's one thing we've always talked about with where we live and with, you know, as I work in, in a school setting, obviously I've mentioned it um, a bit here, but, you know, uh, that uh, those opportunities aren't there. You know, there's some history here, but not like that. Right. You know, and it's one of those things that I, I think I took a lot for granted when I was younger because we were there, you know, um, but really appreciate it now. Right. And um, so that, 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 that's certainly one of those things that were always, you know, always kind of stuck with me. So I'm glad you brought that up because we, we talk about that quite frequently. It's just, you know, some of the opportunities that we had, and, um, like I said, whether it was seeing a historical site or, you know, just really getting the getting to learn about it, like you said i mean it, it's you could teach an entire course on the new jersey history and still not get you know all of it you know it's it's right. it's it's really uh it's it's fascinating a lot of the a lot of things that obviously you know like you mentioned that happened there for you know the birth of our nation so to speak and if you, you know, the other part of it, too, you even look at beyond Philly and beyond Red Bank Battlefield, you look at places like Glassboro, you know, how did Glassboro get its name? Oh, well, that's that was a major glassmaking industrial city at one mm -hmm. time. Camden, before Camden fell into disarray, Camden was a major manufacturing port. You know, things came and went out of Camden. There was RCA you know, used to be a major name there. Um, you know, you have, well, I can't remember the name of it, but the, the village um, near, uh, it was the, we all went to it on field trips as a kid. Uh, well, it's not Wharton no. Village. It's, Wheat, Wheaton uh, Village. Wheaton Village. Wheaton Village. Yeah. You know, all this stuff, man, there's just so much. And, and you think about the growing up there, and you think about the location. All right. So we were out in the cow pastures and, and the, the, the woods and stuff. So if we went 45 minutes to an hour east, we had the shore. If we mm -hmm. went 15 to 20 minutes to the west, we had the city. We grew up in the woods and in the farms. If we went two hours to the west, we were in the mountains. You know, there's such a very, there, there was so much variation in what we saw and where we lived. And we had so many different experiences because of it. And we had such a, a wealth of, of different things in our lives where you look at, I mean, Florida, dude, it, look, 
you've seen one thing in Florida, you've seen it all. Yeah, there's a little bit of history here. Fort Myers was a Union fort during um, the Civil War. All right. But there's not there's not stuff around to remind you of that. They've knocked it all down or because of where it was built, it's all fallen down on its own. Right. There's nothing here that would that would make you think, oh, hey, besides like maybe a plaque or two that says, hey, this area was very important during the Civil War. You know, yeah, you've got Disney World, you've got um, St. Augustine, you've got, uh, you know, a couple, a couple things around, but there's no history. It's all just people moving. It's transient. People moving here and moving out. And that's something I've seen, too, is, you know, I've made a lot of friends down here. And typically what ends up happening is they all move away. They, they're here for temporary and then they're gone. Back home, generations live there. You've got people that have lived, that have owned the same house, families that have owned the same house and pass it down, time, you know, after generation after generation. You don't have that here. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I can definitely, you know, see that. And it, it's funny the area where I'm at out here in Kentucky, but more assuming the area that I work in in Southern Illinois is more actually more like that than anything else it's people that have been here for a long time um very you know very small town uh type thing but the uh what you mentioned with the proximity to everything city shore mountains it's not there you know those those whether it was for you know your own uh mental well-being to like hey you know what i'm having a bad day i'm just gonna drive the hour to the shore look at the water and go home you know Right. Or it was for strict entertainment. You know, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to go tubing or I'm going to go wherever, you know, everything was right there. Uh, that's the one big difference here. It's like, you have to go everywhere. So, uh, and then I say go everywhere I and mean, drive, you know, an obscene amount of time to, to get there. So like when we go to Florida, that's an immediate 10 hour drive. You know, that is the legitimate closest big body of water though. You know, that's not fresh. Um, which is crazy to think about, you know, but that's what it's like living in the middle of the country. So, um, just part of it, but, uh, yeah, no, I I think that was a, um, certainly I thought this was a a good idea. Something we could reminisce on. I think we did some things. Do you want to kind of wrap us up here on anything? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, so my biggest thing and and what I'm going to, what I'm going to leave everybody with is this, you know, everybody likes to talk trash on Jersey. It's an easy target. You know, property taxes are high. Politicians are corrupt. Well, point me to a state where the politicians aren't corrupt. All right. Yes, it is. There's a lot of bad. But for every bad thing you can say about my state, I can say 10 good things. So before you trash it, before you, you know, and maybe I'm hypocritical here because I'm constantly talking badly about Florida. But you got to see the state gotta live there before you can truly judge it so that's what i'm gonna leave you with new jersey i love you one day i will return to my ancestral homeland whether it's in a pine box or standing on my <laughs> two feet but, you know that, that that's that's where i'm at i think that's a good way to wrap it up man i say let's let's put the bow on it and we're uh we will see you all next time 
We've been the Noise Brigade. We're going to be back to you next week with some other fascinating content. Oh, yeah. One more thing. Dallas sucks.